Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. I was in Colorado and I walked into this restaurant. There's this here boy that was 19 years old. His dad had let us use his van to take kids to camp. Well, he went to camp and he dedicated his life to the Lord. We came back and he got so far from God. He didn't want to go to church. He didn't want to see me coming. Because me wanting to serve the Lord was a natural rebuke to him who didn't want to serve the Lord. So he didn't want to see me. But I walked into the restaurant and he was sitting at a table soon as I walked in he saw me and I saw him and I went to him like a martin to a gourd and he was a little downcast because he didn't want to talk to me but I wanted to talk to him because I knew this boy's running out of time God's going to chasten him because he knew what to do and refused to do it and became rebellious to his parents too and so I walked up. I says, can I uh, sit down here? He says, go ahead. You're going to do it anyway. So I sat down. And I talked to him a little bit. And he says, Yankee, I've heard you enough. I know what you're going to tell me before you tell me. I already know. And he did. Everything I would try to tell him, <laughs> I've already told him. He already knows it. Is it possible that some people can know exactly what you're going to say before you say it? And all you're talking is totally in vain. They can tell you what you're going to tell them. You ever had kids like that? Don't, don't, don't go there. I told him, I said, God's going to have to chasten you. He said, I know that part too. God's going to have to chasten me. I've heard that. Anyway, I left him. That Friday, his dad called me up, asked me if I'd do his funeral. His boy rolled his truck, got killed. This is only a few days later. Now, I don't believe that had to be that way. You said, that was just an accident. I don't believe that. And a lot of people trusted Christ as Savior. I felt so sorry for his dad. But he had a couple other daughters, and they were certainly, but the boy, problem. One day I had my son, David. He was 17 years old, and he brought this kid to see me. And it's, he led this kid to the Lord. And I'm sitting there, and he says, Dad, just double check and make sure he really understands it clearly. And so I quizzed him, and he had all the right answers, and I just believe he trusts the Lord. I says, where are you going to go? He says, I'm going to heaven. How do you know? Christ died and paid for all of my sins. So you know you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. Going to heaven, going to heaven. He knew all of that. I said, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about telling your friends about this? 
And he says, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, you don't want to tell anybody? I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Because he was fine as long as his little pinkies were getting inside the pearly gates. Then the rest of the people can go to hell. And I couldn't get him to see the importance of telling his friends. And my son was jumping in right in there, pleading it, doing the same thing. And he would not listen. His dad worked for the fire department right there in Arvada, Colorado. And it wasn't long. I got a call. They wanted to know if I'd do the funeral for his boy. There were about five of them got in the pickup truck. They got to drinking. He rolled the pickup truck. All four of them fell out of the truck and three in the back and one in the passenger side. And he's the only one that got killed. He asked me to do his son's funeral. This is just a couple days later. See, whenever you have done this and you have talked to people and you're talking about serving the Lord and they won't listen. You see, I don't believe those, it's these accident stuff. It's not that I planned an accident. I believe that God knew about it. And God could stop some things, but God let some things happen. And I do believe in the providence of God. If I don't believe that, then I'll just take this book, throw it in the trash, and go do, live my life. But over a hundred of those firefighters trusted Christ as their Savior. The church was packed because of who the dad was. Not because of who the son was, but because of dad. They came out because he was a firefighter and then they came from all over. Now, God can get glory out of your life or out of your death. You see, sometimes God will get more people to come to him and hear the gospel because he takes a life than if he lets the person live. I've done many of funerals. All across this country I've done funerals. I've been flown different places and I've had a lot of people trust Christ as Savior. And people will come to a funeral that will not darken the doors of a church, and they'll sit there and they'll listen. That's not the time for me to talk about wonderful things. Oh, I might talk about heaven, but I'm going to warn them at the same time. And many people have trusted Christ as their Savior because of that. You ever heard a guy named Samson? You ever heard of Samson? You know the guy that was built kind of like myself? You know, the strongest man in the world probably looks like James Hayslip back there, you know. You know how I built up my muscles? I used to fill the bathtub full of water, and then I'd pull the plug and then fight the current. <laughs> well, anyway, he had messed up. He went to a woman's barbershop. She cut off all his hair, and he wished not that the Holy Spirit had left him. They came in and they captured this man. The man that could kill all the... The strongest man in the world. And then they burned out his eyes. It was the binding and the blinding and the grinding. You see, he had so much going for him. But he misused the talents that God had given to him. Yes, he belonged to the Lord. Yes, he was to take care of Israel's enemies, the Philistines. But he messed up because he had a lust for women that got him in a lot of trouble. Isn't it wonderful that today we don't have that problem? <laughs> Times have changed. But he said, Lord, give me the strength. And he pushed two of those pillars down and killed more in his death than he did while he was alive. But God could still use him. There was a, a boy that had a Christian mom and dad. And he, um, 
he learned how to serve the Lord. He learned the Bible, could play the guitar, could sing. And he was a blessing, but his dad kept warning him, son, if you don't watch your testimony, God may have to take you home. He says, I know. I said, you know that. I know it. When I was in Colorado getting ready to come down here to, to Georgia, I told my son outside of Village Inn, I says, you know so much. You can do so much. See, 10 years has passed since the day he brought that 17-year-old boy to my home. But in the next 10 years, he stopped walking with the Lord. But he knew what he should do. But he was going to, you know, you got to see what's on the other side. See what you're missing out on. And he made decisions that were not wise decisions. And when I left in December of 1990 to go to Georgia, in the month of December, two weeks later, my brother, who was in Pueblo, Colorado, calls me up and says, Yankee, did you know your son is dead? He was 28 years old. A guy that he picked up because he liked to hitchhike different places. Well, his daddy was like that too. Me. You see, when I was 17 years old, I hitchhiked across this country. I did whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it and answered nobody. Nobody taught me much. I was wild, young, and foolish. I hitchhiked all the way to California when I was 17. I got picked up in El Paso, Texas. I got picked up in Yuma, Arizona. And I got picked up in Los Angeles, California. And that's all when I was 17. And then I got 18. And then I got married. But anyway, my son knew and I knew God's going to have to step in and chase him because he will not listen. Now, you never know when or how, but you know I have to just commit him to the Lord. Do you think that hurts a dad? When the one thing you want more than anything else in the world is from to serve the Lord. Because you want God to bless him. See, I could say, well, I never had a Christian home, a mother and a dad who taught me the Bible. I never saw my parents in a church. I wasn't raised around it. I never saw my dad read a Bible or ever give me counseling in any way on anything. I never heard my mom and dad say, I love you, son. And yet my own son heard all of that, was raised in church, knew all this, and decided to go his own way. You see, I don't believe it had to be like that. But a guy he picked up hitchhiking murdered him. Now, he's a child of God, and I'm going to see him in heaven. But I don't believe he got the best out of life. I believe there's so much he forfeited. You say, you shouldn't say these things about your son. I don't want other sons to do the same. Why do you think these stories are in the Bible? Not for a reason. But you know, there are some stories in the Bible that are stories of correction where God gives them a second chance. You ever heard of Jonah? Did God give him a second chance? He cried out of the belly of a whale or a giant fish. And God heard. And God delivered him. And that whale got 
sick at his stomach and puked him out. And he still had a bad attitude, but God still used him. It would be wonderful if Jonah had loved the Lord and loved the lost and wanted to be used, but he ran from God. And I've watched many of God's children run from God because they don't want to do what God wants them to do with their life. Don't you realize that God in heaven is not asleep? That He is watching over every one of His children? And He wants to use you for His honor and for His glory? And when you run from God, don't you realize that God can prepare many things to be placed in your path to bring you a lot of heartache and misery or just to waste your life? But God did the same thing for Samson. I remember when Ray Stanford would have camp, and he'd talk about this beauty queen from Miami. She was a beauty queen. Says they was gonna, she came to ranch, and she trusted Christ as Savior. But while she was in ranch and learning all these things and serving the Lord, and so Ray had mentioned to her, says, uh, why don't you witness to some of those other girls in the, at, at Miami and get more of them to come to ranch and things like that? And she says, Ray, I, I, I know I'm going to heaven, and, and I, that's fine, but not now. She was a beauty queen. And they was out on a photo shoot, and they was going to have her in the boat. And the wind was supposed to be blowing in her hair. And they were going to videotape her you know, and take pictures. And so when she leaned back, in those days they had the old motors that had the little spinner on the top. Her hair got caught in the spinner. And from her eyebrows back... It just yanked it right off of her head. She didn't die. But she started going back to ranch. But now she has to wear a wig. And she gave testimonies. I was so beautiful. But my beauty went to my head. I turned against the Lord. And God had to make me ugly to see the importance of serving him. That's what she said. I don't think that had to be that way. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God's people just say, Lord, you can use me any way you want. I don't care what it is. And then trust the Lord to lead and to guide you. There was another woman, and I heard this woman. But Rahab led this woman to the Lord, and she was not going to serve over. She was a young woman, and she was driving in her car, she had already told Ray, I am not going to serve the Lord. She wouldn't give her testimony. She wouldn't bring kids out for ranch. But she would get in the car, and she was in the middle of a rainstorm. She hit into a curve, and it hydroplaned, and she went over the bank. And when it went over the bank, she was thrown out of the vehicle, and she landed on a fence where her back was broken, and she's laying on the fence Paralyzed, she cannot move. Land crabs came up and chewed off parts of her ears. She screamed, and nobody knew she was there. Nobody heard her. And while she's laying there, everything that Ray had told her about serving God, she rededicated her life to the Lord. Lord, whatever you have for me. And so she, oh, yes, she was found out, and she would be in a wheelchair. 
for the rest of her life. And she told Ray, she says, Ray, if you can warn any kids, tell them my story. You see, I don't know what God's doing in everybody else's life. I, I know what he's done in my life. And I believe that every one of us should serve the Lord with all our heart. A long time ago, long time ago, there was this man. And he got married. And uh, this was probably sometime back in, I don't know, the 40s or 50s. And uh, they had a, a little boy. And he was uh, mean to his son. But one day, the lady went and heard this preacher, and she trusted the Lord. So he goes down to the same meeting, and he trusts the Lord too. And he dedicated his life to serving God. Him and another man in the church began to just visit people in their homes, just telling them about the Lord. And they would just witness all the time. So they were great soul winners. But his wife got sick. She got real sick. She started having convulsions. And it began to drain him of all the money that he had. He didn't have much. It kept his nose through the grindstone. But he prayed to the Lord. He says, Lord, I love you. I'm serving you. But I don't understand why you won't heal my wife. Because she was a, she really loved the Lord and she was a soul winner herself. So here's two people that is doing everything right. They're doing everything right. And then everything seems to go wrong. When he had asked him, begged God to, to heal his wife, Year after year, nothing happened. Got worse. He couldn't even go to work. He had to come home because she was having convulsions and seizures. Then they had this little girl about eight years old. And she'd have to try to take care of her mom. Well, the daddy had all he could take, so he left. He left his wife and he left his daughter. He said, how can a man do that? But he did. For about 10 years, he had walked away from God. But God wasn't through with him yet. God still stirred his heart. And it burned inside of him. Because he knew what he had done. And now what he wasn't doing. And so he rededicated his life to the Lord and he went back to his wife. He went back to his daughter. And that's when I met him, Raymond Jackson. If he had not rededicated his life to the Lord, I'm confident there would have been no Yankee Arnold serving God. I was not led to the Lord by a giant in the faith because I went to church and I heard it a thousand times. I had taken his daughter and ran off to Anderson, South Carolina and got married and he came looking for me. And he sat me down one night and took the Gospel of John in chapter 3 and led me to the Lord. What if that man had never rededicated his life to the Lord? Can God still use him? If God only used perfect people, he won't have many to choose from. Because most of the people I've met have got a lot of flaws. And if you stay around me long enough, I might have one or two. I will offend you sooner or later. 
I'll make you mad about something. I try every week. Not really. But just being human, that's what we do. We hurt one another. But just think of how much we've hurt God. And God will still forgive us. That's why when we take the Lord's Supper and we would do this in remembrance of Him, we do it because we remember God is still a loving God, a forgiving Father, one that can use us for His honor and for His glory. And I remember a story about a guy named Ray Stanford. Anybody heard of Ray Stanford? 25 years to build a ministry, and he blew it. Chunk a diamond that fell on the ground. And God took what was left and still brought honor and glory to himself because it was still diamond. It wasn't as big as it was, not as glorious as it was. It had some more scars on it than it had before. But for the almost 40 years after Dr. A. Ray Stanford fell, he served the Lord. 40 more years. I should say 35 this happened when he was 60 years of age. He died when he was 95 years old in the month of May a few years ago. I went to Egypt with him when he was 85 years old and saw the greatest soul winner I have ever seen in my life. Better than Hank Lindstrom, or better than a Yankee Arnold, or anybody else you want to name. And I've seen some of the biggest and the greatest, but he was more humble. God had to break him, and God broke him. And I saw God use him in a wonderful, wonderful way. And all those people that he reached for the Lord, they don't know anything about his past because it doesn't matter. Sometimes you let the times when you fail cause you to give up, to quit serving God, thinking God can't use me. When you fall in the mud, don't lay in the mud. God can get you up and clean you off and use you again. I am so thankful for the man who rededicated his life to the Lord because I would have never heard the gospel. In 77 years, no one has ever witnessed to me except him. I'm glad that he believed getting right with God was a worthy thing. There's some things that I'd like to continue along this line, but I think I'm just about give out. But you see, there's a story in the Bible about Joseph where we don't have anything against him. We have the story about Daniel, nothing against him. We have something about the Apostle Paul. That was before he was saved, but afterwards he dedicated his life to serving God. Now, God not only can save you and give you eternal life, but God can use you. There might be a whole bunch of other little Yankees out there. I know how you feel about Yankees, but I'm talking about their soul. That you might be able to be used by God to reach somebody for the Lord. And that one individual. You see, he's only one. He's just a nobody. But in God's eyes, he's a somebody. He's somebody that God loves and somebody that he paid for their sins. Look up here. This hand represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Everybody 
has a sinful nature and everybody sins. So we're all in the same boat. But God, oh, he loves us. He hates what we do wrong, but he loves us. And to think about this, there's nobody in this world that God loves any more than you. Nobody's better than you. He says there's no difference. All have sinned. And because we've all sinned, we're all condemned. And because we're all condemned, no man can save himself. You're not going to be condemned. You're already condemned. You're just waiting for the day of execution when you die. To go to heaven, you have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. So we need a Savior. And you can't save yourself. This church can't save you. Giving money, that can't save you. Joining this church, that can't save you. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. God in the flesh came into this world because he loves us, hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But because he loved us, he took all the sin of all the world and paid for it on the cross and came back from the dead and says, all that we had to do is believe that he did it for us. So 59 years ago almost, in a little old living room, my father-in-law, who wasn't a giant in the faith, just a sinner saved by grace, told me this story and said, if I would believe it, he would give me eternal life. And I go to heaven on what he did. Now, do you think I want to tell people about that for the rest of my life? I hope you feel the same way. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and maybe you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, why not right now in the quietness of this moment just say something simple like this, Lord, I don't understand it. I got questions, I got doubts, but Lord, I do believe you love me. And I heard that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for my sins, and right now I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe he died for me. And friend, if you'll trust him right now as your Savior, he'll save you right now and give you as a free gift everlasting life. Would you trust him? If you're watching by internet, right on the screen, it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you will. But with his bowed eyes closed and no one looking around, I'd like to have prayer for you. If you're today, right now, accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never done it before. You never have to do it twice. If you've never done it before, but today you say, yes, that made sense to me, and I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior and preach, I'd like for you to know it. I'd like for you to pray for me and close him. Friend, would you just slip your hand up very quickly, put it right back down. They want it all. Not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you. I do it with heads bowed and eyes closed. And what it all say, yes, that made sense to me. And I'll trust Christ as my Savior. And what it all. You that have already trusted Christ as your Savior, do you feel that you've drifted from the Lord a little bit? Maybe you've stumbled and you've fell and you've walked away from God. Don't you have that deep burning desire to say, Lord, I was wrong. I messed up. And Lord, I accept your forgiveness. I want to walk with you again. I want to get close to you. Friend, if you need special prayer right now, you don't have to tell us what the problem is. We don't need to know. It's between you and the Lord. But if you need prayer, we've got to pray in church. And we love you and we care about you. But is anyone in the hall? Just say, yes, pray for me. Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down. Yes, God bless you, sir. It's just a sign of good judgment. God bless you, ma'am. 
Anyone else before we close? Yes, God bless you. Yes, and God bless you back there in the back. Our Father, we thank you again for all you've done for us. Thank you for these decisions that are made today. People that maybe are hurting. Maybe they don't feel like you could have used them because they messed up somewhere along the line. Or somebody just needs some special prayer because of a trial or temptation or testing they're going through. We ask your blessings upon each one here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amazing grace amazes me. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace.